My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you are enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency. That's W-I-L-D-E dot agency. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is your host, Patricia, and today we are sitting down with Roz Huang. She is the founder and CEO of Dandelion Global. Dandelion Global is an LLC, is a global business development consultancy and advisory firm with a track record of successfully working with U.S. companies to effectively compete and gain access to strategic Asian funders. Likewise, Dandelion Global provides its expertise and knowledge of the U.S. markets to Asian groups who are investing or looking to invest in the U.S. Welcome, Roz. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad to be speaking with you. I really can't wait to get into, in addition to Dandelion Global and kind of discussing your um, global company, I also um, am looking forward to talking about some of your nonprofit work and the foundations that you have. For everyone listening, I'm going to do um, a quick bio on Roz, but before that, a roadmap of today's podcast. We're first going to look at Roz's academic background and early professional life. Then we'll turn our attention towards um, Dandelion Global as well as um, AthenaMWT.com, which is another endeavor that Roz has, as well as the nonprofit, which is www.intlmwc.org. And we'll get into what all of that stands for in just a moment. Um, and then after that, we'll turn our attention towards goals that Roz has set for each of her endeavors for the next three to five years. And we'll wrap everything up with advice that she may have for everyone listening um, who wants to get involved or perhaps um, mirror some of her trajectory. A quick bio on Roz before I start peppering her with questions. As a successful serial entrepreneur with a thorough understanding of the business cultures of the U.S. and China, Asia Pacific, Roz Huang is an accomplished international business expert, investor, with 20 plus years of success in global investment and business development. She has an exceptional record with global vision, strategy, and execution excellence in cross-border market entry, consulting, investor relations, capital raise, and women leadership in wellness, technology, and the education sectors. Roz is the chairwoman of the board of directors for International Music and Wellness Therapy Council, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. She's a senior advisor of the US-China Culture Exchange Association, an executive board member of Asian Culture and Media Association, 
and a member of the Women's Leadership Exchange. So Roz, you are um, both affluent and busy, and I'm really excited that you took the time to sit down with us today. But before we get into your current companies and organizations, nonprofits, I'm hoping you can walk us through your academic background and early professional life following academia. Thank you, and hello to everybody. Oh my gosh, our Back to 1989s, I came into the United States as a young student, and believe it or not, I walked into the school in Northern Arizona University at Little Flagstaff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona. International student, I believe at that time as an international student, we really have to really work triple harder to achieve what we are academically, you know, in our school, as well as at that time, our seriously uh, not that much of the uh, resources that we can grab our parents probably give us a very limited of the funding to start a life here in america right. and uh, long story short then our uh, after graduate then uh, i actually got into a our uh, mba program from the university here it's called newport university here uh, it's not a well-known but uh, in that university actually giving me the tour to uh, to start a business. Uh, in deep down in my mind, I always want to have uh, started something. Uh, the entrepreneurship spirit is really deep root uh, mm -hmm. in, my, in my life, I would say. And so actually my first job after I got my MBA degree, uh, it actually at a MCI, you know, at that time the telecommunication company, MCI, yeah. they have a tele, uh, telecom uh, uh, center. So they basically have uh, multi-language uh, representatives there uh, to do call calling. So I actually was hired as a assistant uh, director there. And I think with the brand and the, uh, the, the, the cross-border, the cultural background that I have, uh, pretty much there is very impressive within a couple of months, kind of like bringing a lot of commercial account and et cetera. So I was uh, I, I was there for probably two years. After that, I just really ready to launch my own company. Hmm. So um, yeah, that's a humble start in America. Absolutely, and an early one. Flagstaff, Arizona, is still pretty small. So back in '89, <laughs> it, I bet it was even smaller. Um, so what, was your first company Dandelion Global, or did you start out with another startup? No, the other startup is called Data Professionals. Is an IT consulting company. If we may all know, during the time before 2000, year 2000, that was the time when IT consulting was booming. And uh, the idea uh, was to provide IT consultings in the database only, which meaning that Oracle DBA, Sybase DBA, Informex DBA, purely very narrowly in that area and only provided to the financial and insurance industry. So uh, we have a we had a great, uh, very shining client uh, list, uh, which is include Dow Jones, AIG, Guardian Life Insurance, Deutsche Bank, and etc. So I think the small company grow fast was because we're really super uh, focusing the area that we want to grow. And so literally, I'm, I was famous for to, uh, telling my my uh, representative at the time, I said, only a couple of high rise in New York City. It, it, that's all I need to go up from downstairs to to go up there. If each company their IT consulting need and we can provide it to them, that's all I need. I don't ask for more. So our mm. uh, that was our uh, it was the fun six years uh, from 1996 to 2001, 
And uh, we were uh, very happy at that time, had an opportunity to merge a little company with another one. And I happily, happily relocate to California. Yeah. Absolutely. It's an interesting time to relocate 2001, um, you know, with the dot-com crash and things like that. It was, you know, the, the um, industry was changing a lot within tech and consultancy. So when was Dandelion Global um, officially launched and were you the original founder? Were there other co-founders along with you or was it just your brainchild? Uh, I was at, uh, after the first success of the first company I thought was to retire to to raise my children. But, you know, there's still I really like to utilize my uh, deep resourcing networks in both countries. So 2003, I launched Dandelion Global and uh, Dandelion Global started with the, the main mission is how could I be the bridge uh, between two countries or between East and West. And uh, by providing global strategy services, uh, client relations, as well as a capital raise. That was really a very uh, broad, a very organic uh, thinking to start Dentaline Global. And I am the sole founders uh, for, the, for this company until now, wow, how many years? <laughs> 2003 and a lot less. We started off 17 years. Excellent. So um, it must have changed and taken different forms over that time. But was there a specific niche or a very specialized area that you kind of met these two, taking you know um, companies in the West and then marrying them up with funders and vice versa um, in the Asiatic markets? Did you have an area that you specifically first started working in, or was it kind yeah. of just whatever you could find? No, I I. I only remained in technology and biotech started with biotech because I live in San Diego, uh, one of the, the top area that uh, people were really looking into for biotech and uh, so I had an opportunity to work with a group of uh, really phenomenal company. Started, they started from small, we started from small and uh, we got an opportunity also to work with them and help, uh, help them. And uh, at start 2015, I, I started to feel, uh, started to see the needs and a huge market for wellness. And so start 2016, I, I started to get into the music and wellness uh, industry. So I would say, if, if you may, that uh, as a cross-border uh, consulting company, we're focusing technology, uh, biotech and wellness related only. Let's look into that a little bit more. So the music and wellness um, specifically that you are talking about is the music wellness industry, right? Yes. And for people who um, don't know anything about that, can you give just like a really brief um, conceptualization or just a description of what you mean when you talk about music therapy or the music wellness industry? Our music therapy is, is such a powerful vehicle that will be able to help our children and adults whose lives are impacted by autism, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, learning disability, uh, depressions, PTSD, post-stroke, uh, post-chemotherapy, uh, and et cetera, these type of special needs. Uh, if we may know, during 2015, 16, 17, 18, when business, well, what I'm looking at is I'm in an industry. So when people are busy, we tend to be, forget about taking care of our mental health. And um, so, and also the numbers of our, our artistic children, the numbers of the artistic children are growing. And uh, 2018, 2019, 
Uh, in the United States, it hit 6.7 million, and uh, one out of 50 kids are, are diagnosed with uh, early stage or diagnosis with uh, autism. Uh, autism. So, uh, so we, I, this on the U.S. side, and in China, as in Asia, uh, there, there, there is musical therapy. They use our distance music and instruments and other methods to help children and adults. And uh, my goal is how could I bridge, how could I bring in our the music therapies that we're talking about here in the US, in Europe, to, to the other sides of the world. And uh, music therapy is a combination from the uh, psychologies and art. And uh, if we want to go in dipping there, there are four elements, uh, music therapy, uh, dance therapy, uh, art therapy, as well as our, our performance like theaters uh, therapy. So uh, these are four different types, but together is uh, music therapy. And we focus in music therapy because the co-founders of Athena Music Wellness Therapy Group are Professor Andrew Molinos. Uh, he is the expert in the area. Are uh, ten years in classical music and other ten years in music therapies, in, from research to to treatments to education. So I feel super uh, solid, and I believe in the philosophy of our uh, music therapy under the guidelines of the European Board. Are uh, so that's how, and I, I used two years, 2017, 2018, to build a global strategy. How do we enter China, how do we bring this to China? And are so blessing this year, 2019, we officially offer our classes, our treatment, as well as our products. Uh, we develop a series of our technology product using AI technology, VR technology, uh, incorporate with our music therapy theory. Our, our goal is to have products to offer to children and adults in a commercial use, they could be used in the, the rehab center, but mainly for them to can bring home to use. Because there are people that can't afford it to have regular music therapy, right? So right. Uh, our goal is to have a product that at an affordable price that they can bring home, parents can use when their children started acting up. So um, very simple. I think, uh, and I, and I, I can't, from, from my tongue, you can feel the joy that we have because we see we were so much welcome all over, not just not just in China. In here, we, we in Taiwan, we talk to, uh, interact with companies also in Vietnam. Uh, they will say, wow, what you guys offer is just something can change life of millions. And um, I probably jumped ahead of what I was. No, saying. that's exciting. And I think that that's true because the field um, is relatively still being developed and young. The, the theory of, you know, music therapy, I think, goes back a lot further than people realize. But the application, um, you know, wasn't used except for in more rare instances until we had the advent of things like um, uh, the early onset Alzheimer's that started to take over a great deal of the um, older population, as well as, you know, the rise in autism rates. And with these um, illnesses and diseases comes along a need for um, different therapies. And I think that that's what a lot of people who don't know anybody who's affected with it doesn't really ascertain right away, which is that 
these therapies are so incredibly um, useful and needed because they uh, circumnavigate, you know, some of what the traditional therapy lenses have been, which is direct communication, verbal, from one individual to another. And in these instances, you know, those things aren't necessarily possible. And then there, it also opened up realms that were introduced that were, you know, unexpected within the lens of, of music therapy. You know, there was all of these things that were unanticipated that were acquired. It wasn't just circumnavigating the need for direct vocal communication, but there were also other instances of rhythm and sound and things like that, calming and creating a homeostasis with an anxiety like you're talking about with parents who need to handle children. And so I think it's just a, a, a fascinating and um, wonderfully benevolent field. And I'm excited. The concept of taking it overseas and that you kind of like pulling out from the bag of your techniques and things like that of the international relations is so clever. And I don't think a lot of people think about using their philanthropic endeavors in ways that they've used their career. Frequently, we have this divide and you've kind of done this cross-pollination, which I think is genius. I'm curious, is the International Music and Wellness Therapy Council behind your endeavors of going into China and other Asiatic countries, or is it a separate endeavor that you're doing with another business? Okay, our, the full name is International Music Wellness Council. Uh, we launched uh, this 501c organization with the thoughts like this. Athena Music Wellness Therapy is a school, is an is academy, is a service provider, is a technology development company. But at the same time, we would like to also service children and adults. They cannot afford the uh, music therapy service. Yeah. So uh, the best way for us to do is I want all my professors and all my students be the volunteer. They be able to provide the service to children and adults that are suffering to the senior center, to our quite a bit of our uh, some of the nonprofit organization we are invited to our some of the group with artistic children like with hundreds in there then are certainly we're not enough so then are we're open to the door to our music therapists in the in in the markets that if they are willing to offer their service at a discount price we welcome them to do the service and our nonprofit to our compensates uh, their fee I think the thought is kind of, this is totally two organization, uh, but uh, it work it out. The nonprofit really super benefit from our professors and our, and our students uh, from Athena. And our, to say the list as an example, our, our on December 3rd, we were, our, our co-founders, our professor Andrew Molino was invited to perform live uh, in China as for a charity gala. And that is also one of the way that how we share with people globally about what our IMWC International Music Wellness Council does. And our China Artism uh, Association is also an, an organization that provides services free to parents that who have our artistic children. And uh, we, we, we right away agreed that we were, we were sent out our professor there to provide the services at, uh, voluntarily. I'm very proud of uh, the way that I structured these two organizations and uh, how that we also, for our students also in Athena, they have opportunity to practice and uh, also the opportunity to serve. Um, so as you said, you know, our, I applaud those early stage and current stage music therapists in the market. They literally really 
quietly doing a lot of good work for a lot of people with the special needs. At the same time, they really also have to put in the energy to share with the market what is music therapy. Honestly, every single at time, we always come to this question, what is music therapy? You know, so, so yeah, it, it's a movement. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and education is attached to that, you know, and defining something I think is crucial and in paramount in dealing with it because I think that there can be a misperception. Um, if people are looking to study or get into um, Roz and Athena as well, you can, again, the website's www.athenamwt.com and you can get on there. I'm assuming that you guys have um, kind of described it and defined it a great deal, but if people are looking for a further definition or to get into dialogue with you and your team about it, they can get on the website and kind of come through there. I want to double back really quickly and look at Dan Design Global because it's been in, you know, it's, it's this company life force of 17 years. I think that makes it a um, past and adolescent, a grown up, you know, company that's kind of been around and been able to go through all these ebbs and flows, economies change, trends shift, social media came out and flourished during the time period of Dandelion Global. And so I'm curious, whenever I come into somebody who has this history of, you know, a, a company that's kind of surfed all of these different sized waves. Um, can you speak to some of like the greatest changes during that time period that you had to um, reanalyze either the way that your company was working or um, strategic efforts that you were doing and um, how you handled some of those things? Definitely, thank you. Our, it, it, it's, uh, I think during the, at the very beginning, I can say that our, we don't have our, any, kind of like we don't have the stress to to find new clients. We actually have a lot of companies are in China would like to enter the US market. Uh, they would asking, so these clients of the company asking us to, to uh, uh, look for or research for a company they would like to invest in. And also on, on the other side here in the United States, we really have nonstop of projects that are asking us to Russ, are we ready to raise capital? Are we ready to raise capital uh, from our overseas investors? Do you think our company is great? Can you representing us? So, uh, so I I was so proud that we actually had an opportunity to help how many labs that they literally waiting for funding to to be survived, and uh, and we are the one to bring in funding. Doesn't matter it's from half a million, three million to ten million dollar we done done so, and uh, then there was a period that. All of a sudden, uh, I would say between 2014 to 2017, there were tons of the uh, consulting firms uh, doing the same things during the breaching. Mm -hmm. Then I found ourselves uh, also, we are not just a, uh, just a consulting firm. Uh, starting from beginning that we start Dandelion Global, uh, I guess with the background of the previous company. So if a technology firm, especially I like the company start from small, if I, I for example, like an enterprise software development company, if I, after our due diligence and we understand what their software is, how big the market is, and if we are interested in the, in the company. So we also become an investor. So mm -hmm. by saying so, uh, that actually, the structure, the way how we run the business model, how Dandelion Global does, that actually get us to survive that from 2014 to 2017, 18, that's our booming of the industry. Mm -hmm. and, our, and another 
And another thing I think I did great are as the leader leading my company is I don't stuck in one industry. I don't just in technology because before I'm in technology, I have to be in technology. No, I actually are adapted to the bio side and also now the wellness side. So um, as a woman and also minority entrepreneurs in, in, in the United States, I think uh, we need to be learn to, to keep up with the flow as well as be diversify our dear, uh, what we can offer the services to. And um, myself always, in, uh, there were two things is very dear to my heart. One is uh, woman business, one is uh, uh, entrepreneurship. So uh, along the road, uh, back in when I was in data professional, which is back in when I was on the East Coast in New Jersey, I heavily involved in organization that are can give back and help out our women, our entrepreneurs, our staff. At the time, I was heavily involved in novel. Later on, I was heavily involved in Women Leadership Exchange. And mm -hmm. currently, I'm involved in, in helping uh, women startups. Uh, to Now, I'm a mentor at UCI Business School for their master's degrees of uh, innovation and entrepreneurship, as well as UCI's Cove Technology Center. I think all along the road, I, I never forgot who helped me at the very beginning, or I never forgot that I wish I had someone to really to help me out when I started our uh, Dandelion uh, Data Professional at the time. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And the focus on the women's business, I think um, there, there, you know, there's a, meant to be a burgeoning of, of female entrepreneurship and businesses. I think there's a lot more effort towards um, accelerators and places like that, you know, mentorship programs set up to kind of try and aid some of these populations and individuals um, to being part of, at the, get a seat at that table. Um, I'm wondering, have you seen an increase with um, women's companies, women's um, founded companies that you are matchmaking for your overseas clients with Dandelion Global as far as investment? And I'm also curious about, is there any type of a cultural issue with Asiatic clients with investors not wanting to invest in companies over here or red flags that they have with that kind of an issue? I think sorry, it, it, as we know, it's either it doesn't matter in US, in Europe, or in China, in Asia overall, are uh, when people looking at the project, the leader is a female. They right away kind of like, mm, they mm. think about it, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm one of the, the very, I'm very, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate about no way, you know, if it's a female project, the same quality as the male project, uh, leader, leading project. So um, I, I don't see a big, huge difference, but definitely, yes, they will say, okay, Tell me about it. Uh, when I have time, I take a look at the project. Uh, but I will say uh, uh, from 2017 to now, we're nowadays very current. Investors are super uh, are adapted to what is the market now. And also, we also have a lot of great projects that the uh, founders and co-founders are, are uh, female. So um, we are, for me, again, I really focusing the uh, tech, biotech and wellness gotta be in this arena. And uh, I'm interested in project in medical device home use. I'm investing in, uh, in projects that right now in the wellness sector. And also our, since Athena is also involved in education. So I, we're now uh, in one of the projects that they, they also in the education 
and wellness sector. So our, our, I think the following couple of years, I will be more focusing and also to bring in our investors to, to really take a look at or pay attention to our female-owned, female-lead projects and company. Nice. Yeah. So looking forward, taking that thread a little bit further, um, over the next three to five years, what are your goals, both with Dandelion Global, as well as um, with the, the Athena Wellness Academy and the music therapy? Our, for Athena Music Wellness our Therapy, we are aiming at within three years, we definitely will see uh, more than 10 to 20 uh, locations in China, from school, or from education, to treatment center, to our products to are uh, distributed to not just in Asia, uh, Europe and, and uh, United States. And we believe uh, the company will grow our, I cannot, our, <laughs> our uh, you know, and we'll be able to help being uh, more and also to have uh, our, uh, our spectral de uh, degrees uh, is two years. So I'm hoping that by the years of three, we have our first graduation, our first graduate students. And so we will take our students to United States here also to, for their internship in the United States. And by then when they're back to their uh, China's or other part of the world, they'd be able to, to really not only just as a music therapist, but also is with experience uh, and to go there to help other peoples. For data uh, for dandelion globals, um, I tend to like to, uh, before I looking at projects that raise capital 10 millions and above, and uh, I think I, I'm having some fun right now uh, working with lots of uh, female owns our, our, our company. And uh, my goal is uh, more getting to the seat side, pre seat. And uh, hopefully that I can, uh, you know, put some efforts and bring some more funds attention to this. I think uh, we're probably interested in a group of smaller uh, size of the uh, startup that we're interested in. Hmm. That's exciting. Both of those fronts sound really fun. And seeing the, you know, the first group of um, teachers matriculate and graduate with the degree and then go out and um, institutionalize it, it, it sounds like it's going to be an incredible next three to five years for Athena. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm wondering, you have had such a, a storied and varied um, professional career, and you've kind of reached into a bunch of different areas. Um, as you said, you thought you were going to leave 17 years ago and then started Dandelion Global, you know, this and this kind of return and return again. And I'm wondering if um, if you bumped into someone tomorrow at a park or a garden somewhere, you were taking some tea or coffee and um, you ran into a young woman or a female identified or non-binary individual who said, listen, um, I've done a bunch of different things and I've, I've gotten an MBA and I've done some undergrad work and I... I'm, you know, I thought I was going to take some time and go off and raise my family, but I'm thinking about doing a startup. And I, I think I want to do this international relations thing and I want to tie in a bunch of things. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give her knowing what you know now? I would say number one, you need to have a, a clear vision and a structure about what you want to do. Okay. Our, I, I learned a lot at the early stage that I I, I, when I, I just do it, but then by the time when I run into the corner, I have to come back and re look at it. So if my advice is number one, really have a better structure, what you want to do, you need to see your market, 
a market demand and what your skills that can offer. And so that is the number one thing, number number one. And the second thing is you really have to have the drive. Uh, entrepreneurship is such a hassle. It's a, such a hassle journey. And especially for, for female, and the number three thing is how do you balance uh, your family goal? Uh, I'm so blessed. I have two wonderful children. They uh, saw how I, uh, all these years, my journeys, and are, it certainly is not easy. So for a female entrepreneur, the balancing families and, and your career, it's just something that always, you know, someday just don't want to go forward. <laughs> uh, at that moment, what, what will keep you going? I think that's important. So three things. Number one, you need to have a very clear structure about what you will do and, and about what you can offer. It's not that because your products look, sounds good. I, or this I teach my student. You, you can tell me that, oh, my medical device is so good. It's the number one. No one else. No. Someone somewhere in any part of the world could be have the same thinking as you. What makes your products different? You have to be super strikingly clear. Number two is um, you have to have passion. It's, it's a hard journey. And number three is how to balance your family life and your career. I, I think so many so many that really couldn't get going not because of she doesn't have the passion she doesn't have the good business plan it's because of you know she has kids a family so i think our uh, this three thing is is something that i are uh, i i, I asked my uh, next generation to 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 think about it and are uh, and for me as a a mentor and advisor uh whatever we can help her or this Group of our new entrepreneur, uh, that's what's my goal. Always, how do I get take it off some load of them? You know, help them. Uh, if it's uh, initial funding, that's something they need. But uh, you got the initial funding. Immediately, you need more funding. You need more funding. Right. But, uh, so, are uh, we as an entrepreneur? We need to be responsible to people that that help us, give us leverage. But whether or not you can. Uh, I, I also been to so many company that they fell are uh, they after they raised 10 million 12 million dollar the team falling apart mm-hmm. or because of their CEO spending too much money it being there done that and as our as us we're consulting from where in between we're also as investor we, we we also understand how our funders they think they yeah. they really believe in what we present believing what the storytelling that we told and then they invest in the project, but if the project uh, doesn't move forward to the direction it's supposed to be, I mean, uh, the loss is not just the loss, the funding that they got and they're not be able to pay back, they lost their reputation. And, right. Uh, yeah, so that is some things that, that this is almost I, I'm teaching my student. I, I really, and my startups are, it is hard, it is hard, but are not, it doesn't mean that we cannot do it. It can get done. Uh, it's just a matter of need to plan it well and need to have the determination to, to get it done. I agree. And I do like that. The clear vision. Uh, secondly, make sure you have the drive. And then thirdly, the work-life balance. I love that you added that as, as one of your top three because I truly believe it aids in the longevity and the endurance required, as you, as you talked about with the startup, you know? Mm-hmm. Startups don't have to be all grueling, but they do require a lot of energy, no matter how you cut it, you know? So I think that as long as the energy is positive and the work-life balance is 
feeding and nurturing you, you can get through anything. You know, hard work isn't always a bad thing. It can be a lot of fun, but it's not fun when something's suffering, right? And that would be the work-life balance moment. Well, Roz, we are out of time, but I could talk with you forever. I love your history and I'm gonna circle back around and see if we can convince you to, um, I'll persuade you, I'm good at that. And um, I'll persuade you to speak with us again. I can't wait to find out what's going on with um, Dandelion Global and Athena Wellness Academy and everything else. So we'll reach back out to you in a year, but thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Patricia. Appreciate it. Thank Absolutely. You. And for everyone listening, um, Roz's website's again, dandelion-global.com, athenamwt.com, and intlmwc.org for all of the things that we've been discussing today regarding Roz and her endeavors. And for everyone listening, thank you for giving us your time. And remember, um, until we talk again next time, to always bet on yourself. Slug Thank you.